and welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today, we're talking about preventing overwhelm. Hey, Janine. Hey, Shannon. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I am doing very well, thank you. Good. Yeah. I'm interested in talking about preventing overwhelm because I've never felt overwhelmed before. So I'm just curious what that's all about. (laughs) (laughs) For a second, I was going to say, seriously? (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm glad that I gave you pause. (laughs) Yeah. I don't imagine there's anybody who's never felt overwhelmed. It is pretty common for people to feel overwhelmed, but there are definitely some things you can do to help prevent that. Um, And we've talked a fair amount about, you know, things you can do once you are feeling overwhelmed. And, you know, uh, a couple episodes ago when we talked about getting started and, um, you know, we've talked a lot about breaking things up into small steps and which always helps, but let's see what we could do about not getting there in the first place. I think that would be great, a great service to all, including me. So um, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, well, one of the first things you can do is to get okay with saying no. Mm. Yeah, it definitely helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we I mean, we had a, an episode on um, com- uh, over committing, right? Yep. Way back when. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah, that's a that's a a big contributor to feeling overwhelmed is saying yes to too many things. And if you can limit yourself from the beginning to what feels really doable to you, then the odds of you becoming overwhelmed are so much smaller. That's that's excellent advice. And, and it, what popped into my head was one way to help your, your limit, decide what to say yes to is knowing what's important to you, right? So right. Getting, getting in touch with that is so important. It's funny because when we recorded the episode uh, um, on our 52nd episode, I said... Uh, that I was in the mode of saying no to things. Um, and, and I'm glad I didn't say no to your suggestion that we podcast together. Because it was, <laughs> it turned, you know, I, I could identify immediately, I think, that it was something that was, that, that met my requirements, right? For what's important right. to me. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I know that's funny. I was thinking about that too, because you said that. And, and you have gotten really good at saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have any, any thoughts on that? Any, how you, what well, you've you know, done really, to get better at it? I think really it is about knowing what's important to me. So I know what my priorities are in terms of how I spend my time. And if it, 
doesn't fit in, it's not hard for me to say no. Uh, yeah. I don't, I think it's just that I'm old, you know, I don't feel the guilt. I don't, (laughs) when, you know, I said yes a lot when I was starting my organizing business to lots of great volunteer opportunities that were very helpful to me in starting my, uh, in you know, getting going in the field of professional organizing. And now I feel as though those opportunities, sometimes I can help, but really it's people who are newer in their businesses that are going to benefit more than I am. Yeah. And so, um, and certainly the, the, People who are asking for the volunteers also um, will benefit from those people, from newer, fresher minds. I'm ending uh, my term as director of membership of the of the St. Louis chapter of NAPO uh, next week, and um, I was realizing that I've been on that board of that chapter for ten out of the last thirteen years. And, oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to not being on the board as much as I love the organization and love uh, helping it. I um, I know that other people will benefit from. I mean, the organization will benefit from newer, fresher minds. So anyway, right. it yeah, I, I think it's really truly it's about about knowing what's important to me and not feeling guilty about letting people down because I'm not the be all and end all. If I say no to something, there's going to be somebody else for whom that opportunity is more beneficial and more exciting. So, That's a really good thing to remember. Yeah. Um, and and we'll I think do a better that's hard job as a result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when if someone commits to something and they are overcommitted, which I think is probably what we talked about in that mm-hmm. particular episode, you don't do as um, good a job. Right. And, you know, or you're, or you are frustrated by it, or, you know, you just, it doesn't work out as well as you, as when you commit to, when you only say yes to the things that really mean a lot to you, that, that are aligned with your priorities, and that you have the time and energy to do. Exactly. Right. And if it's a big fat drag to you, you're not going to, do a good job probably and yeah if it's then compared to somebody who uh thinks it's fun i mean you know we talked yesterday uh our last episode about um our division of labor with the podcast and how right you do stuff that i wouldn't want to do and i do stuff that you wouldn't want to do and we're both happy <laughs> Yay. yeah <laughs> so that works out <laughs> really well Right. And I I have a vague recollection of when we were doing that and you know being sort of concerned that we were both going to want to do the same things and like not wanting to say no to the part that I didn't want to do. And, um, but you know, when we both said what we wanted to do, it worked out perfectly. And I mean, that's not always the case, but. um, Right. It's it's the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoy the part I do. So Um, yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, saying no. Saying no is a good a good first step to not feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, I think so. Um, and that sort of goes into the idea of um, sort of stepping away from this, the busy culture, this idea of being busy and how um, in our society, it, it feels like being busy is a badge of honor somehow. And that um you know if you're not busy then something's wrong Mm -hmm. and it's totally okay to not be busy 
I think it's better than okay. It's like having moments of stillness or quiet or calm is are so it's so important to have that. And yeah. when you think about how many people never get that unless they're about to go to sleep. Um or not even then. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's not sustainable to be busy all the time. And if you can embrace not being busy, then, yeah, you can step away from feeling overwhelmed as well, potentially. Yeah. Well, and it's an it- interesting experiment to not say that you're busy. Mm-hmm. So, to try you to know, avoid I'm, saying that. Yeah. So when people say like, how are you? It's so common to say, you know, busy. How have you been? Mm -hmm. Busy. Right. How are things Um, going? Busy. Yeah. And so to, to step away from that and, and um, think about different ways that you can answer that question and different ways that you can be in your in your life you know what can you step away from that allows you to legitimately say um that you're any way other than busy <laughs> right yeah i've um i try really hard not to uh work on in the evenings i used to have a policy where i didn't work after dark which extended oh, uh-huh. the uh, work day in the summer but um i really need to have my relaxing time after I finish working and sometimes that doesn't it starts later than I want uh but because my boss is really mean but um (laughs) uh yeah uh and I am at the point I guess right now where I don't uh, sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed but I don't feel overly busy and I appreciate that that's nice and feels with age too (laughs) yeah 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 well and I think that's that that's part of it. Like, I wish I had a better idea of how to um, understand my capacity when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know, now right. it's just like, I'm just not going to get it done. So, right. you know, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Knowing what you can get done, knowing your capacity. We had an episode on capacity, too. Right. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is really important and it's interesting I, I hadn't really thought about it with overwhelm but absolutely if you take on more because you're not understanding that you can't get it all done then you do yourself a big favor by under, trying to understand your capacity yeah I think like really recognizing that time your time is a finite resource and allotting it knowing that makes a big difference i mean i like to i i think that um people have a tendency to feel like um uh they can make the time you know like oh you know i'll figure this out i'll squeeze this in somewhere but there truly is only a set number of hours in a day and, you know, hopefully everyone is sleeping enough of those hours. Well, um, that's what I was about to say. I think often sleep is where is what gets sacrificed, which is also not sustainable right. or healthy or anything. Yeah. Right. Um, so, 
yeah, it, it's just, um, I don't know. It's funny that you said as you get older, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms, but yeah, I'm definitely much more like, no, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, dealing with my own or others disappointment over that fact. (laughs) Um, And one of the other things that you can do to help prevent overwhelm is to create systems and to sort of automate the things that happen regularly. Right. Can you give an example of automation? Well, um, we talked about this last episode about, um, I mean, this is not automation, like electronic automation, but you know, you were talking about how you created a list of the things that need to happen with to get the podcast published every week. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to spend any time thinking about it. And you don't have to worry that you whether or not you remembered everything because it's all in the list. Right. Thankfully, I don't even have to look at the list right now. But if ever, but at the beginning, I sure did. And if I ever, I if ever you had to do it, you could, right? Right. Yeah, and it um, frees up your brain. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's the same thing like, you know, c- creating a morning routine. Like, you know, when you do those things automatically, then, and you don't have to think about them, you're not going to get overwhelmed by it. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny because this topic is such an overarching topic. And I keep thinking of episodes that we've done that uh, re- that relate to it, like this, that this is an umbrella over. And what just jumped into my mind was that daily action versus, um, uh, what was it, versus daily action versus? Oh, uh, versus letting a backlog. Oh, we, we had a better word for it than that it was. Um, yeah. Um, batching. 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 Uh, yeah, so I was thinking about uh, a, kitchen, a messy kitchen and a, and a piled up dishes, so overwhelming. But a daily routine of running the dishwasher, the dishes aren't overwhelming. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's that automatic routine, yep. You know, figuring out those places where you can make something, a, you know, create a system or a routine and you don't have to figure it out every time Mm -hmm. goes a long way to prevent overwhelm yep good and also i mean the other thing that that does is it helps you think through how things can go more smoothly Mm -hmm. you know thinking about it in advance instead of doing it on the fly whether you're Mm -hmm. doing it once or on a regular basis yep yeah. Yeah, I'm working on, I, as I mentioned, I'm leaving office as a director of membership of NAPO St. Louis, and I'm finalizing the policies and procedures document for my successor. <laughs> and uh-huh. it's, it really is an interesting exercise to write down every step of something um, and think about, I mean, most of the stuff had been in my head. Uh, uh, right. So um, thinking about what could come up down the road that hasn't come up in various you know, aspects of the job and trying oh, to uh-huh. prepare for that or have at least be able to reference the policy if that should happen and so forth. So, yeah, that kind of preparation 
is I hope going to make her feel less overwhelmed. Um, although, who knows? It may be such a long document <laughs> that it make her feel overwhelmed. And if she's like me, she won't read it because it's too overwhelming. Um, it's too much. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good point. That preparation's important. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a it makes a difference. It's that whole concept of setting yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. Did did we do a podcast on that? I don't think so. We need to. Yeah, because that is something that is really helpful. And you know what? It just jumped into my head was uh, along those lines. N- not just setting yourself up for success, but understanding what success looks like right yeah it's a big part of setting yourself up for success but i'm going to add it to the topic list (laughs) oh good no we have another one to do um yeah and and speaking of having a system is getting everything out of your head into a system we've talked a lot about task management and that just trying to track all of the things you need to do, even if you're not overcommitted or, and you're not feeling busy, um, just trying to track things in your head can make you feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Especially in the aging brain, it feels, seems to me. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, writing things down is, yeah, it's essential for me. That's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it yeah. has to happen or it doesn't happen. I mean, right. it has to be written down or it doesn't happen. Or it vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, wasn't there something in the last week or so where I didn't write it down and completely forgot about it? I believe it was recording the podcast. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> last, the last time we recorded. <laughs> right yeah i think i i I think i texted you okay i'm ready or no i think i said oh i know i thought i might be late oh i'm not late after all i'm ready to record (laughs) and i was like wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) yeah although i i just knew that there was something that wasn't i was like i kept looking at my calendar and i felt like there was should be something on there and there wasn't and then i figured out what it was when you texted it's like <laughs> right. oh right but if it doesn't go in my calendar it's not gonna happen right exactly so writing it down why tax your brain with that because yeah. it certainly i mean for me when i feel overwhelmed well I was about to say something really obvious, which was when I feel overwhelmed, it's all in my brain. Of course it is. But I mean, I feel like um, uh, it, I'm overwhelmed by the thoughts and the, ta- the things that are floating around in there. And, and I feel less overwhelmed if, if it's written down, even if it's still more than my capacity can right. accomplish. But yeah, somehow that sort of constrains it in a way that makes it feel ultimately doable. It becomes tangible, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And get your arms yeah. around a task list. Right. Um, and and that's another thing to keep in mind is that um, allow yourself some spaciousness. Like, give yourself a buffer. <laughs> Create wiggle room. Because when you have that, when you have a little bit of... 
you know you have a time where you can catch up or where you can take a breath, um, you're going to feel less overwhelmed by all the by everything. Yeah. 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 And what's sort of interesting is, is that, um, you know, I sort of think of the opposite of overwhelm as being under control. And the one of the interesting things about um, being under control is that, and, um, and feeling overwhelmed is that, recognizing that you don't have control over a lot of things Mm -hmm. helps you be less overwhelmed and feel more in control. It's a complete paradox. Yeah. Recognizing you don't have control makes you feel more in control. Right. Yeah. But it makes it it makes sense. How interesting. I've never I don't think I've ever thought of it that way. But letting go of what you can't control. And focusing on that which you can. Right. It makes you feel less overwhelmed. Yeah. And really what made me think about this was that, um, you know, you saying about it all being in your head, the thing that you have the most control over are your perceptions and your feelings. It doesn't always feel that way, but I I trust you when you say that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel that way in that you feel that you don't have control over those things or or that that's the thing I have most control over. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. And sometimes feelings like you don't said feel those things are all in your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't can't tell you how many times I've said to people who are upset about somebody else like you know, the uh you can't control their actions. All you can control is how you feel about their actions. And that sometimes it's helpful, sometimes annoying. <laughs> Probably. For yeah, it can be that. annoying because yeah. you really want them to change. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that can be the same thing with this. Like, you know, you really want the outside world to be different. You know, the number of things that you have to do to be different. But... Um, you know, they are what they are. And so recognizing how you feel about it and not allowing yourself to get to that place where you feel overwhelmed by doing some of these things and um, will will help you um, be back in control over it. Mm-hmm. It just occurred to me that self-care can help you feel help you prevent overwhelm um because i think we feel more overwhelmed when our brains are when we're not uh sleeping well or um, we're drinking too much or you know our health isn't as good or perhaps for people like you when we're not exercising (laughs) i'm just fine (laughs) with that exercise um no i exercise but uh but wait Wait, come on how many days of yoga well, you know, I'm, I, I've done it the last few days, but I think I didn't do it on Friday. Friday was a weird day. But, I'm, yeah, I'm still going since December 12th. I'm still yeah. doing yoga. And I have an active job, so I'm, you know, I get in my steps. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, self-care keeps, helps our brains eating right, keeps our brains yeah. clearer, which helps us feel less overwhelmed. Right. I mean, how much easier is it to do a difficult task when you have had plenty of sleep, when you've had something nutritious to eat, 
you know, when you're feeling clear, like if you have all of that stuff at a, at a good baseline where you feel where you're not feeling tired, you're not hungry. Um, it's so much easier to do things. Right. Yes, exactly. Like everything's much more complicated when you're hangry. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you know, um, we talked a little bit, not on the podcast, but, uh, on the phone about, um, time of day that you do things. Yeah. And being in touch with the time of day that, that, uh, where you're at your peak, if you're going to be trying to do something that is challenging, um, it's going to make you, presumably, you'll feel less overwhelmed than if you're doing it, you know, when you're hangry and at your worst. Right. Right. So um, I think that's such a great point that self-care prevents overwhelm. And it's pretty straightforward, even yeah. though we might not normally make that connection. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty yeah. important one. I don't know that I've ever made it before today, but I agree. It's a good one. Yeah. So, do you have any more thoughts about this? Preventing overwhelm? Um, no, I think... Well, I'll, one thought that just that popped in my head when we were talking about saying no um, and, and, make, and it being easier as I've gotten older is the one, one thing I've learned, especially since I started my organizing business, um, I've learned how that it's okay to say things that the person who's hearing it doesn't want to hear. It used to be really hard for me to say something I didn't think the person would want to hear. And now, like if someone wants me to make an exception to a policy or wants me to Mm -hmm. offer a discount or something like that. And now I just, I can just say it and life goes right on. They, I rarely get any pushback and um, it's fine. Right. So saying no to a, volunteer commitment for example if it's or to dinner at your cousin's house if it's not convenient or whatever right um is is, uh probably easier on the um recipient's mind than you think it's going to be yeah well and i think too that it's hard for me to remember because i'm not naturally a person who follows the adage, um, it doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. I, I usually, I usually think about much more about, you know, how it will be on the other person if I ask. Um, but a lot of people do follow that and ask and, and, um, you know, know that you can say no. What's the worst they can um, do? Say no, right? Those are those people. Yeah. I'll ask. What's the worst? Right. They'll just say no. No big deal. Right. Where right. They, and so, other people are wound up and thinking it's too hard to say no because it'll hurt their feelings or whatever. Yeah. So I just presume that when people are asking me a question, that they're asking me the question um, under the, the uh, guise of it doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's... A, it's as good a presumption as any since you don't know yeah 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 so then but that but by just making that assumption then it gives me much more freedom to say no mm-hmm. i like it yeah i remember reading in when i was in my 20s i read miss manners guide to whatever etiquette oh, uh-huh. and um 
she said when you, you can, when you decline an invitation, you don't have to give a reason. Just say, oh, I'm right. sorry, I can't. That was really freeing to me. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like, it's like you don't, it, even etiquette says I don't have to give you a, a, a reason. And if you ask me what the reason is, you're the one being rude, and I still don't have to answer. Right. She would say, just look at them if they ask you that. <laughs> Why can't you go? I'm sorry, I can't. And you know, it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. you don't well, have that's to a take good, every invitation either. That's right. And that's a good thing to remember that to not, um, if, if you find it difficult to say no, to just say no in a very simple, straightforward way like that. Um, and without giving a reason, because people can um, argue with you over the reason. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, come back. They can counter your reason. If you don't give them a reason, they can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You put, you keep the power in the in right the conversation. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, saying saying no and being aware of um, of only saying yes to the things that really matter to you that that fit your why mm-hmm. is a great first step to preventing overwhelm right well and and it's actually maybe a second step with the first step being know your why right or know your yeah what's important to you i mean if you can set up criteria for how you spend your time uh that the things that you spend your valuable time on are you know feeding these things that can help uh prevent overwhelm as well Mm mm-hmm I thought you were say just giving an example that one of the things that is valuable to you, a valuable way to spend your time is feeding. And I was waiting what you were going to say, <laughs> like feeding Pain. your poodle, feeding people, Fe- what feeding okay. what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's true. I gave a big pause because the words weren't coming out right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. I don't feed. I feed. I don't feed much. I feed my poodle, and yeah. sometimes myself. And tonight I'm feeding four organizers. What are you feeding them? Mexican chicken soup. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that's easy. And they're bringing that. dips and things. And, and we're going to play oh. games. Oh, fun. Yeah. Bix will be evening. in his element. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be nice. That's great. And I don't feel overwhelmed, so there we go. Good. Yes. Well, that's wonderful because like you mentioned it there's a lot of ways in which you could feel overwhelmed with this yes i mentioned that in the last episode oh it just feels like yesterday (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) they're gonna be here in 40 minutes and i'm cool and calm and collected that's awesome and you have a poodle to walk and i have a poodle to walk on a beautiful day though um yeah 75 degrees well, that's a good reason for us to um, wrap this up. Is there anything else you wanted to say? No, I think I've rambled enough. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we would like to hear from you, our listeners. Um, when do you feel overwhelmed? Do you have ways that you um, 
keep from getting overwhelmed, you can leave us a message at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. You can leave a comment on the uh, episode show notes at gettingtogoodenough.com or you can click through and find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Um, But for now... This is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. That wasn't overwhelming at all. No. It worked out just fine.